Hello, and welcome to Buzzing About Romance. You have me, Becky, and I am joined by Leah. Hello, Leah. Hi. Hi, How are you? Do you like my new voice for the evening? It's like fancy voice. It's year two now. We are year two in. It's fancy voice. We're going with fancy voice for year two. Today was a fancy day. I'm I'm going off a tangent already, but today was fancy day for me because I took my mother-in-law to the doctor like as as I do every, well, like three Wednesdays a month. The parking lot was full, so we had to valet. You could do valet parking. We did, but then she had fancy pants on today too. And she was in a fancy private room. So we got valet, fancy pants, and fancy room today. The only thing that would have made that better was some fancy coffee. That's all I'm going to say. Um, we did stop at Starbucks beforehand, too. Oh, you're like living the high life today, Leah. Are you sure we can still be friends? Like We can. Michael, My Michael did not find it so fancy. I do. I like, I like some fancy pants. Um, anyway... On anyway. this in the, on this episode, uh, we are going to talk about the five star rating system. Anybody who listens knows how many problems Becky has with this, um, but also like how we rate our books. Maybe we'll get into Steam ratings a little bit. But we are joined by fellow podcaster Kelly from the Boobies and Newbies podcast, and we are so excited to have her, Kelly. <laughs> Welcome to the shenanigans and the chaos of buzzing about romance. As you can see already. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to comment so much about like all the fancy pants and like parking (laughs) and the fact that are you both married to people named Michael? We We are are both married to Michaels. Well, and here's a, here's a little funny story. I don't know if you've heard this. We've talked about it, but so Becky was telling her husband, Mike, about my husband, Mike, but she could not remember his name. Yeah. Like, I was, like, trying to tell my Mike something that her Mike was doing or needed. And I'm like, you know, Leah's husband, that guy, his name is... And my husband is like, Mike? I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's his name. God. And you know what? If I had... If I had heard this discussion, I probably would have just thought you were both referencing your microphones. <laughs> I mean, because that's my mic. That this is my mic right here. <laughs> no, we do say my mic quite a bit when we have discussions, well, we, don't we? We, refer, we do because we refer to them, and like I call mine Michael, but so does she. Yes. <laughs> so that doesn't even clear it up because, like, if I am talking to other people, like everybody I know who has a mic, they all refer to him as Mike, but I always call mine Michael. So there's a separation there. So we've always had a lot of friends with husbands named Mike. And so for a long time, I got into the habit where I said my husband's first and last name. So like, and I still in discussion (laughs) to this day. And for a long time, some of our friends thought like. His full name, like his actual name. That was his full name was his first and last name. Then you just. You like cool high school kidded him where it's like, ooh, Michael Dobler is here. Like, ooh, did you right. see Michael, Michael Francis today? Like you only say that about like the cool out of reach kids right. like in high school. That's well, true. then I totally elevated him because that was not yes. in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am married to an IT guy, so, Perfect. you know, I adore him. He's beautiful. Um, and I can remember his name. Most of the time. <laughs> I'm never I'm never gonna forget either of your husband's names after this conversation. It's very difficult. 
I so, mean, it's not it's not just the uh, most used name in like the entire world no, like, right. every year either. <laughs> <laughs> so Kelly, tell our listeners a little bit about you, your love. Um, we'll get to your love of romance and all that kind of stuff, but tell us a little bit about who you are and the Boobies and Newbies podcast. Well, for somebody who loves to talk as much as I do, like I, I am terrible at talking about myself. I will tell you that. Um, I, I am, let's see, I'm a recently 30 something now. I don't get to say I'm in my twenties anymore. So, um, I'm a recent 30 something and I, oh boy. I mean, I don't even know what to say about myself. I I'm a theater nerd at heart. Like my background in theater. You're like Becky's like soul sister right there. Oh yes. Yes, absolutely. I knew it from the moment we met. Um, I, (laughs) but my, I grew up in theater. I grew up, um, not so much a reader, but a writer. And, uh, you know, after pursuing the theater arts, if you will, um, I, I went on to study screenwriting and filmmaking and, um, you know, did the whole like LA experience, which was fine. And then this little thing happened called a global pandemic. And I was like, Hmm, well, this seems like a great opportunity to peace out of here. And so (laughs) I hauled my cookies across the country to St. Paul, Minnesota for, you know, just fun and uh, basically shacked up for the last year in a studio apartment by myself to just read and write and save a lot of money on rent. And um, now I've left the Midwest. Um, I I did enjoy my time there. You know, I'd gone to grad school in Chicago, so I wasn't foreign to the Midwest. Um, But you know, my, my heart's on the West coast. So now I'm kind of planning my next move, which maybe will be the last one for a while. Cause I'm tired. Um, moving is so hard. It is the worst. I've got it down to an art though. At this point, ladies, like I'm at the point where it's just like, I know how many boxes I can pack my entire life into. And it's, um, it's going to be Portland. I'm going to head up to Portland, Oregon, um, you know, in the next few weeks. And that's going to be the new homestead, it's, you know, it's closer to my family. It's closer to friends. So I'm excited. There's trees uh, like that's, that's lovely. Um, and I have several boxes of romance novels to cart along the way with me. So, um, yeah, I, that's me in a nutshell, Perfect. I guess. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm terrible at talking about me. That's okay. It's either we'll, nothing or everything. We'll ask you all the questions. Though. We'll <laughs> ask you all the questions. Tell us about Boobies and Newbies, though. You have been around since 2018? Yes, that's right. We, um, In fact, by the time this episode airs, I'll have just celebrated the math three-year anniversary Exciting. <laughs> of Boobies Exciting. and Newbies. So, yeah. And you know what? It's, it's not something that I ever imagined doing. Like I was not a podcast listener. Like I I definitely was somebody who jumped on the bandwagon of like podcasts are cool. So then I started like (laughs) listening to them and, uh, and I found myself unemployed as you do when you work in film and television in Los Angeles. And I thought, Hey, this is different. I haven't done this before. Like I've done web series. I've done blogging. Like this would be a new medium. And so I thought, well, hell, what can I podcast about? Like, what do I want to talk about? And at the time I had been a romance reader for about, oh boy, I guess it would have been about 10 years at that point. And 
I had always been teased by my friends for the books that I love to read. Um, whereas I could read 200 books in a year and they were reading maybe one book in a year. And so I, I just thought, you know what, this is a great opportunity for not only me to talk about the books that I love, but also for me to bring on all of those friends, all of those people who have said, why are you reading this? I don't get it. And say, hey, you know what? How about we read one together? And then you tell me what you think about it. So yeah. hence the newbies in boobies and newbies. Um, I like that. It is, it is all about bringing in new romance readers. And I'm happy to say that so many people who have been guests on the podcast have also been returning guests on the podcast, or they've gone on to ask for book recommendations or, you know, recommend the book that we've read together to other readers. So Which is great. I, yeah, it's, it's all I'm really looking for, you know, is just to share the community that, you know, obviously the three of us love and hopefully bring in some, some new readers because there's always room for more. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's something that we've been very proactive in the buzzing about romance community. And I have trigger words, you know, I, I don't like love story. I don't like mm. when people call it smut. Um, no. Because I think that, and don't call it mommy porn. Don't call it trashy romance oh. novels. Those things make me crazy because there are value in these stories. These are stories that, you know, they do so much. And um, mm -hmm. you oftentimes hear people say, well, that gives you unrealistic ideas of what a romantic relationship is. Right there. And I'm like, <laughs> you're full of bullshit because yeah, but yeah. Game of Thrones is not unrealistic. <laughs> right. I mean, you right. mean you don't want to raise dragons? Come on. I mean, I do. Well, and <laughs> but... let's, you know, why is it unacceptable to read Jude Devereaux, but it's absolutely okay to read Danielle Steele? And there's like incest and crime mm -hmm. and assault and liars. I mean, Mm -hmm. people come on john grisham has murders and you know bad guys and blow shit bad, up but bad that's things. that's okay but you know if the word penis is in there and we put it in a vagina all of a sudden it's like oh that's not good bullshit oh yeah shut I up know. stop talking i'm with you i well and i i go back to like before i was a reader i've always been a romantic comedy lover. I grew up on movies. I grew up on old movies. I mean, there's a reason I went to school to write movies. Guess what I wrote? Rom-coms. And so I remember going to the movie theater with my parents to see movies that were, you know, maybe rated R and I was not of R rated age. <laughs> and they would lean over and cover my eyes if a tit popped out on screen. And I That's was just like, why is it that I can watch these movies where they're just throwing around like F-bombs left and right, but the minute there's like nudity, like it's bad, it's it's something to be ashamed of or guilty for, like I don't, I don't understand. And so it's something that is just so ingrained in us from such an early age that of course it transcends into what we read and watch. Like it's, it's we have to unlearn it to like be able yeah. to I think fully enjoy romance for the wonderful thing that it is yeah and it's so we just want to build it up and make sure that everyone knows just how amazing this genre is for everybody Reach. um so let's get to know you a little bit Miss Kelly 
Um, what is the first romance you ever read? Do you remember? I actually do know this one. This is one that I don't know why this has stuck with me for so long, but it has. And it's called I'm in No Mood for Love by Rachel Gibson. And I started with contemporary romance. So I know that a lot of people like get their start with historical. For me, it was one of my mom's books lying around. I think it's a story a lot of people hear. Um, yes. And she just happened to read more contemporary romance. And so I started with I'm in No Mood for Love by Rachel Gibson. It was a morning after a wedding drunk encounter romance, which is like, you know, not the best if you were writing it today, um, but circa 2008, it was, it was your typical rom-com. It was, you know, girl wakes up and she's laying next to hot guy she grew up with. And how did this happen? Um, so yeah, nice little enemies to lovers, which go figure is still one of my favorite tropes today. So I guess I, it just, it just, set inside of me and I didn't let it go. <laughs> you know, it's funny because enemies to lovers is one of those tropes that I don't really love. But as I think, <laughs> as you say this though, my very first book, my very first romance was an enemies to lovers. They were like feuding families. So interesting. Anyway, I'll have to, I'll have to deep dive into that a little more. Leah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a comfort romance read? Do you have a book that you reread or that you go or back even to? an author that you yeah. comfort read? That's a good one. Um, you know, there's sometimes I, I don't usually, I usually read before I go to bed and I don't usually like to start something new before I go to bed. Like I usually because do. Because you won't go to sleep. Yes, and <laughs> exactly. And so I try to pick books where I've already read them. There's something really easy about them to the point where I can read. I don't want it to sound like they're so boring that they put me to sleep. But that's they're not it. <laughs> but they're comfort. But like, you know, the exactly. story, but you can maybe haven't read it in a while. So you can relive yeah. some of those favorite moments in that story. Like, I love them in the way that I also fall asleep to watching Murder, She Wrote and Golden Girls. Like they are both fantastic. Long and order. Law and Order is That's my comfort watch. <laughs> Your comfort watch is Law and Order. Something's <laughs> wrong with you, Becky. You know, because let me tell you. <laughs> no, seriously. In the 90s, when you came home from the bar at 2 o'clock in the morning, Law and Order reruns were on the A&E. Mm-hmm. They were on A&E from like midnight to 4 a.m. So no matter when you came home from the bar, you, you could catch could, an episode. You could catch an episode of Law and Order and pass out. And it was all good. So yeah, I, I do get what you're, I do get what you're throwing down. I hear it. Um, And it's procedural. You know how it's going to turn out people. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, there's a a reason she wrote, she she wrote, she has, she has a procedure too. Yeah. But have you seen Ed Green on law and order? I mean, that was years later, but (laughs) Lenny Briscoe was kind of hot. Chris North, Mr. Big. Chris North, <laughs> Mr. Big from Sex and the City, mm-hmm. he got his start on. That's true. That's law like and order. old school Law and Order. Everybody's though. everybody's been on Law and Order. I know, at some seriously. Point. Like, I don't I think mean, like if you're somebody, you've been on Law and Order. Um, oh yeah. Do you know how to tell someone is a true Broadway star? Oh, they were on. Law they've and on, order. been law, on Law and Order. So <laughs> yeah. I have a friend that I went to high school with that's on Broadway, and we all tease him because 
he has never, never been on, on an episode. <gasps> he won a Tony, but he's never been on Law and Order, so he's not so really he's, a star. He's, he's not count. a real actor. That's, yeah, they t- they say that to him all the <laughs> that time. Tony like, does not count. Your Tony doesn't count. We're gonna take it away because you haven't fulfilled our guidelines. Um, so could you get on an episode of SUVU or something? Yeah, there you go. Um, well, okay. So to answer your question, I um, <laughs> comfort I, read or author read. I, I do have an author. Um, I'm, I don't even know if this is how you pronounce her name, but uh, Lonnie Linvale, Lanny Linvale, um, something of the like. But she she writes, which is this is so interesting because I don't typically read cop romance i'm oh, not a big lanny linvale yes lanny okay wonderful see I'm i discovered her this year okay so i she has several series out and she's one of the author one of the reasons i love her books are the is because she's created like multi-generations mm-hmm. in her books like she she has the firefighters and then there's like the sons and daughters of the firefighters and I, um, a, a couple years ago, she did one that was like the, the SWAT team. And then there's like the second generation of the SWAT team. And that's actually how I found her the 2.0 generation. Yes. And it's, and it's so good. Like you can start with 2.0 or you can go back and like me, I had actually read the original folks. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, these are their children. Um, that were like the pain in the ass kiddos you know in the last book but um Mm -hmm. I thought it I just I don't know there's something so comforting about them and I think it's the fact that usually when the couple gets together in her books they get together very early on and then there's no drama between them for the rest of the book it's it's only outside drama drama outside of the relationship that they have to deal with like it's there's a stalker or there's um, a bad guy in town, serial killer, like what, yeah. whatever it is, the couple is fine. Like you are perfectly okay with them. And I think that's what I find comforting about it is like, I don't have to worry about what, you know, stupid misunderstanding right. this couple is going to have because they don't, they don't have yeah. them. It's them against the world. So yeah, and that's what I, I like hear, about it. You know, I hear quite a bit often and just really recently that a lot of people don't like that third act breakup and then the grand yeah. gesture that they don't want it all the time. I personally want to be kicked in the gut and then I want to see the uh, grand well, gesture. So see, I, I like it both ways. Like Same. I love the grand gesture, but sometimes I'm just not in the mood for it, which is why a Lanny Lynn Vale book or like yeah. a, a Riley Edwards suspense book or one of those types Samantha, of books. Yeah. Samantha Lind is like that. She doesn't typically have a big breakup. Um, For me, it just, oh, it just Layla Hagen is one too. Like it yeah. just, it just, I don't want it to be that these people are portrayed as brilliant. They're so, they're so good to each other. They're so understanding and they listen and they have this incredible connection. I don't want that to be the setup of a book. And then the third act breakup moment be that they think one of them's cheating when it's really you could the, you could have a conversation about yeah. whatever situation right? they're so in don't like, be a dumbass it Just has talk. to make sense mm-hmm. for the situation for me to be okay with it um so I'm I'm getting a little tired of the typical misunderstanding and so when I am seeing different things put in there instead I appreciate them and I think of them as like the outlier because they're so 
different from what we've become accustomed to. So, yeah. and maybe that's changing. I know, especially during quarantine, people were also wanting a lot more like saccharine romance where they're just like, I want it sweet. I don't want any issues. I just want them to be happy and have sex and like <laughs> no problems whatsoever. And that's fine too. Like I'm here for it. I'm here for all yeah. of it. I'm here for all of it. Just, it just needs to have sex. I mean, if we're all really <laughs> early. And if you're Becky, early. be early. Like <laughs> I read a TL Swan book and they had sex like at the 3% mark. It was like a one night stand. And I was like, it was called the stopover. I'm like, hot damn, I'm in. And I texted Leah. I'm like, sex at 3%. And she's like, oh God, help us all. It's, that's, but wasn't that's there like a, a big gap early. between the next one? Like well, it was I had to wait to like forty-five percent. Like no, forty-five. Oh, no, I mean, that's a big gap. It was a big gap, but it's okay because it was good and they were pretty flirty. So okay, um, okay. I highly recommend it though, and that series, The Mile High Club, is much better <gasps> than the Mister series. That their last name is, is Miles. His oh, name is Miles. I was just saying, is it all airplane? The first one is, the first mm. one is, the second one is called The Takeover. It's very, I'm halfway through and it's nice. It's in Kindle Unlimited and it has the audio with it at no extra cost. So what a deal. Yeah, I'm all there for that. Um, okay, Kelly, do you have a favorite trope? You know, I, I do like enemies to lovers and I, and you know what I found from doing the podcast and following so many other bloggers and podcasters is that it seems like people either love enemies to lovers or they love friends to lovers. But I, I genuinely don't usually meet somebody who likes both of those tropes um, the, on the same playing field. Like they like them the same amount. Um, and so for me, it's enemies to lovers, um, friends to lovers bother me and uh Fake dating. I love it. I love it. Fake nom, 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 nom. I want it yes. all. It's catnip. So. It's catnip. And I hate, I don't hate, I am not a fan of friends to lovers or enemies to lovers. So okay. I, I'm kind of the outlier. Yeah, in how that about one. you? Where do you um, land on those? I'm kind of in between because I okay. like some, but I don't like some. It's one of right. those ones, if it's done well, I really mm -hmm, enjoy mm -hmm. it, but it's hard to do well. For yeah. both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I just read a really good friends to lovers. Gina Aziz next, her rule maker in her hockey series is a friends to lovers. And it's a slow burn. And a slow burn. Love it. I love a good slow burn. I am here for the slow burn. Like I as long as they get to it eventually, I 90 percent We okay, read that's, a slow that's burn. Like a little too. So that's like a slow well, that burn. was an exception to the rule. <laughs> like I was having stress. Like poor Leo was getting my text or like, are they going to bang? When the hell are we going to bang? Because this is not happening. Anyway. And you know what? It's funny. We talked about that on a recent boobies and newbies episode where when I first started reading romance, I feel like there was like a very distinct formula. Like it was like 25% in you have a tumultuous kiss and then you don't talk about it. And then 50% in you have a hookup moment, but you don't get to the sex. And then 60% in, you actually have sex. And then there's something bad that happens that, you know, draws you apart. And it, it was so funny. It felt like every book I read followed that formula. Um, so it was just setting me up for my expectations for the genre. That's fair. That is, 
I see that. Okay, so let's talk rating system. So most of us review books um, that are here. Most of us, all three of us review books. Um, <laughs> I was going to say most. Most. Some people outlier talking about the dog. Um, well, he is growling. Yeah. <laughs> um, so rating... So we talk about reading a book. It's very personal because it's how you as the reader are connecting to the book. And um, on a past episode, number 37, we had Heather Roberts from Elwood's PR um, on, and she talked about writing good book reviews, like mm. how to write a good book review. Um, so I don't want to really talk about like our process in writing a, good, a book review. I want to talk about like our rating system. How mm. do we separate our rating systems you know, do you have like kind of in your brain how you handle like what's a one star, what's a two star, what's a three star, what's a four star, what's your five star? Um, we can also talk about the industry standard of the five star system and how much I hate it. Like, <laughs> hate it. I just feel like it is a book reviewer. I read other book reviews and we've kind of seen this like early reviews. Everybody's a five star. Yeah. Well, and, and they then give it, such like a canned answer also. Like there's no feeling behind the review. Like no, it's just like this was an amazing book. Everybody should read it. Like blah, blah, blah. And like then, just regurgitating the synopsis. Like yes. that's something that really bothers me because I, I will tell you, I am terrible at leaving written reviews. It's something that I'm working on because I didn't come into podcasting as a blogger. I did not know about the romance blogging podcasting community. Like it was, it was all new to me when I started the podcast and I tried to do it all. I do it, but it's, it's a lot. There's so much. And so I, I tend to stick to the podcast and social media um, for the most part, but I, I know how much, especially indie writers depend on reviews so that mm -hmm. is something that as somebody who reads a lot of indie writers and talks about a lot of indie books on the podcast like I do try that's something that I'm trying to do better on um and hold myself more accountable to do is writing reviews so I I will admit that from the very start like I am shite when it comes to actually like no I'm the same way like I just started bookstagramming within the past like year and a half like yeah and so I am very like aware of the fact that I've read, a, a, we won't give a number, but a lot <laughs> of books that I've never reviewed because it never like, I never thought, hey, maybe I should leave a review. Like I would read reviews, but mm -hmm. I was like, I don't, it doesn't matter if I leave one. Yes. I just need to see the ones that are already there. <laughs> and I'll give stars. I'll give stars on Goodreads because stars connect directly with my Kindle. So, I mean, that, that for me is like, you finished the book, that little automatic message. That's like, you finished yeah. the book. Like, what do you want to give it? And I, you know, first of all, the, the fact that we can't do half stars in that the five-star rating system, so I think is ridiculous. Let's talk about the five-star rating system. It's, you oh, know, me. movies are thumbs up, thumbs down. I think that in the years since that they've kind of progressed to a five-star rating system, um, I know that it's the current industry standard, but I hate that Goodreads and Amazon and BookBub, which are the main people that we're mm -hmm. reviewing on, they do not let us give half stars. And I yeah. hate it. I, I wish I could give a half star so many times. 
Well, and I think that's why we're seeing new sites pop up with the solutions to those problems. And of course, I'm not remembering the one that was like brought to my attention most recently, but I know- Well, there's binge books, binge books, but that's, (sighs) I don't think that one is it. That one- That's that new app though, isn't it? No, binge books. I don't know if that's, I just know that there was one brought to my attention within the last few weeks, but I'm still on- moving brain and so i i've looked into it though and what what i really liked about it was that you could import your goodreads library over to it which i thought oh, was nice. fantastic mm-hmm. um i want to say that it is a black owned business um and so i think you know anytime that i can support a black owned business or you know a woman owned business like i am all for the support and um you could do this the split star ratings, um, which I, I think it's brilliant that somebody's coming up with something specifically in response to what people don't like about mm-hmm. Goodreads, Amazon, and BookBub. And I'm sure there'll be so many more iterations to come. Um, but I, I think people get trapped in one system and then it's like, oh, well, this is where I've I've made a name for myself or this is where I've like put the bulk of my reviews, I'm scared to start fresh somewhere else. And I totally understand that. But I do think that it's gonna be necessary at some point if that point isn't now. Yeah, I just think the half stars because sometimes and the one thing I want to be very, very clear about, especially to our listeners, because we do have kind of a mixed audience that listens, book reviews and book ratings I understand that it plays a key role for the authors in their algorithms with those websites, Mm -hmm. with the stores and the searching. I really do get all that, but I am not reviewing my books for the author. I'm reviewing those books and I'm reading those books for my fellow romance reader. And it took me a minute when I first started. So I started working in the industry And then slowly made my way over to the book blogging side. It was my editor that I worked for suggested that, hey, you really, you read so much, you should have a book blog. And I was like, yeah, whatever. She's like, no, seriously, do it. (laughs) We did it. Um, And uh, it took a long time for me to switch that off that I wasn't doing this for the author, that when I'm giving a book rec, it's because I want someone to discover a good read. And I have to read it without thinking I'm never mean. I'm always constructive. Um, but I want to be able to be authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, if I read a book and I understand that maybe I got an ARC copy of that and it was given to me, but it doesn't do anyone any value if I sit here and be like, this is the best thing I ever read because people aren't going to tune in and listen to my podcast. People aren't going to check out my blog to see what book I'm reading next because they read that book and were like, this was crap. Why did you and say I think- this? That's where a lot of the problems come in is especially with ARCs, because I think, I don't know how it came to be, but I think we've gotten to the point where there's this idea and we've seen it backfire on social media. I'm, I'm a, I love Twitter. I love to watch it all go down on Twitter. Like, let me tell you. And so we've seen so many conversations just in the last year about when a blogger receives an arc, posts a 
two star review or, or even DNFs a book. They don't finish yeah. it. And they say specifically, I didn't finish this book. And then they get bashed by mm -hmm. maybe it's an author, an agent, a publisher, um, for their review. And it, the conversation comes up again of, well, who are these reviews for? Are they for the authors? Um, because they were kind enough to send you an early copy of their book. You owe them something. Yeah. Or is it for future readers and also for yourself? Like why, why not share your own opinion? Like, and I, I try to make this clear on the podcast as well, where I, I tell people, you know what, this specific thing didn't work for me. This is something that I think maybe a lot of people will like. It didn't work for me. Here's why. Um, and that's the thing is like, nobody is going to we're not all going to love all the same things. And so exactly. I think there, we need to remove this pressure and this expectation that every review has to be a five-star review for authors to continue liking you, to continue right. sending you books. Um, That's like, I, I read an arc recently. <clears throat> I read the reviews after I finished it. People raved about it. There were major plot things in the book that I had big issues with. Mm -hmm. uh, there were there were things in the book that I felt were very insensitive to a certain community of people. Okay. And I and I brought it up. Like I emailed the PR company and I was like, I can't give this the review as of now because this, 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 and this. And I I laid out like why like I had an issue with the book. I laid out what my problems with the book are. And they came back to me and said, this has been through multiple layers of people and nobody caught this. And mm. I'm like, really? I'm like, okay. Well, and, and does that say that something about, <laughs> well, or it says something about the publishing, you know, well, it says system. something about I mean, their system. Yeah. And, and, and that's fair. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm speaking as like a cisgendered middle-class white woman. Like there's, right. I, there are going to be certain things that I read that I know because of the privilege that I have, I, I won't recognize certain things as problematic. Yeah. And that's something that I, when I do read reviews and somebody mentions something like that, I might think, oh my God, I didn't even, that didn't even occur to me. And I'm more thankful for those reviews because mm -hmm. I, I, it's, it's, you know, learning, it's just learning and recognizing things that maybe you didn't see through your lens. Um, but now you have a understanding and an empathy for as much as you can, at least for somebody uh, and how this would affect their read of the book. Because again, it's not going to be the same for everybody. Well, that's right. And one of the things that we often say on this podcast is not every book is for everybody. And no. I've had some similar experiences like you though. I read a book about a year ago. And in the book, I loved the book. I gave it a five-star rating. And then I had seen the author share that she was very upset because she had gotten some dings on some reviews. And it all centered around the best friend character. Now, I liked the best friend character. It was a gay guy who was way flamboyant, like over-the-top gay. Of course and, he was. <laughs> and she wrote him very over-the-top gay. Like, imagine... Jack from Willing Grace, but like a redhead over the top. And I was like, so she had taken some dings from some people that had read it, felt that it was very stereotypical gay. Mm -hmm. Okay, it was, but 
given that I had a background in theater and most of my interactions with gay people are in theater, <laughs> those are You're the gays of that. theater. Those You're are like the these, these are all my friends. These, these are all my well, friends. from <laughs> Exactly. But as I looked to it then through that lens, I was like, oh, well, I could see where, you know, if you're a little more um, conservative, a little more in the closet, mm -hmm. that that could be offensive to you. And it brought me to a point where I had read a male-male romance that was written by um, a white middle-aged cis woman. And mm -hmm. it read like middle-aged women and not mm -hmm. two men having a romantic relationship. And it was very frustrating for me. And so then I yeah. went on this whole um, kind of campaign that I am only reading queer romance by out queer authors. Like, yeah, I am done. Like, you know, someone said, oh, well, you know, I there was a TikTok and this woman was like, well, I think that that's being very sexist to say that I as a white woman or as I as a woman that's heterosexual wouldn't know how to write um, a male male relationship. I'm not saying you don't know how to write it. What I'm saying is, is if you are going to write it, use a sensitivity reader. You oh, know, for sure. Yeah. That author that wrote The Gay Best Friend that was overly flamboyant, she probably should have used a sensitivity reader from someone that is an out gay male and to make sure that he didn't feel it was stereotypical. Honestly, the way that I think of romance today, I think every author should have a sensitivity reader because I think every author should be incorporating diversity within their books like we, not every every person isn't going to tick every single box you know right. I mean it's I, I know that when I write um you know when I, I write more sc screenplay oriented stuff because of my background I I like to write characters who look and sound like my friends and I have a wide range of friends of, of different backgrounds um, you know, races, sexualities, gender identities, and I want to see them represented. And I can't pretend like I know their experience, you know, so it's something where I would have somebody read it to make sure that I'm not doing a disservice to anyone. And so when, when the whole argument is happening of like, oh, I don't know how to incorporate diversity into my books because I'm going to make people upset if I'm writing from the perspective of a gay man or a black woman, that doesn't fly with me because I, I'm like, I get it. I don't think you should be writing from the perspective of somebody that's so far from you. However, they can still exist in this world. Everybody right. does not have to be a cisgendered white person. Um, I just read, they don't fact, have to look like you. That. <laughs> yeah, I just read a book that took place in Brooklyn in 2021. And everyone was like a white 22 year old. And I just was like, I can't get, and that was actually one that was getting five star ratings from a lot of yeah. people. And I couldn't do it because I just was like, like do they walk so... down the street in Brooklyn? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just so far removed from, and I know people like an escape, but let me tell you, that's not the escape I want. I don't want to escape to Brooklyn. That's full of no. hipster white people. Like <laughs> I want to see a, a beautiful world like I want an idealized world not one that's taking us back in time so mm -hmm. 
um, you know, not to say that I don't love historical, but that's a different story. And that is, but you have a moment where you're like, you know, you see these ratings and you're like, oh, all these five mm-hmm. stars, I'm going to read this book. And then you read it. Yeah. And you're like, did I read the same book? Like I have gone back then and like looked at ratings and looked at reviews and looked at people and we read the same book, but right, man, there were like, I thought there were big plot holes and plot bunnies and terrible character development. And they're yep. saying, this is the swooniest book boyfriend I've ever read. And I'm like, really? Well, and I, he's a fucking dick. About- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know about both of you, but the first thing that I think, and it's just, it shouldn't be, but the first thing I think when I, when that happens is what's wrong with me? Like, why didn't yeah. I like this book? If so many people have given this five-star reads, am I in, am I in a bad mood? Like, am I, was I just not Sometimes I think to that, this? like, maybe I just wasn't in the right, like, headspace to read yes. this book. And that, but sometimes I'll go back and reread that book, like, a month later, just out of curiosity. Just and to I make s- sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> and then I like it less. And oh, I'm like, no. yeah, it wasn't me. Well, it's the book. Well, let's talk about that. Okay, so you reread, Kelly, we reread. I don't get a chance mm-hmm. to reread as often as I used to. But we recently have picked up some books that I read years ago and we've been doing like quick shots episodes on them and I reread a book and I was like wow the first time you're welcome (laughs) I gave her like a series that was like I was like oh let's read book seven in this series she's like Becky there are 12 books in this series and you want to start at book (gasps) seven I'm like it can be read as a standalone and it's super sexy and it's great and she's like what is wrong with you she knows me and I must (laughs) read in order Oh, okay. We're on the same page with this, Leah. I'm, I'm with you. Although we did, Becky and I did review a book for Boobies and Newbies that was book two, two. in the series. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't read book one. So, and this, you know what? It's funny because this is also romantic suspense, but it's super Which sexy. Which is like my crack. Super oh, sexy romantic okay. suspense. Oh, it so. is very good. But um, okay. I mean, it's the KGI <laughs> series by Maya Banks. If you haven't read it yet, oh, if you haven't read yes. Maya Banks, isn't it amazing? Yes, but, it is. But very are you good. like anxiously waiting for the next book, but not the oh. book that you really want, like the book that we're gonna <laughs> hopefully get, but not Rusty <laughs> and Sean? Because again, I guess, like she's every, still no, traumatized. Oh my it's gosh! Every life. time, every time this comes up, like I go on a rant. Because I'm I'm so disappointed that she's having health problems, and I hope that she's doing well and she's getting yeah. better. But I really need Rusty and Sean. I do not care about Skylar or <laughs> Shiloh or whatever her name is. I don't oh, care no. about her. I think she, I, I'm sure she will be a wonderful character, and it'll be a really good book because Maya Banks is writing it. But I don't want that. See, and something I, like that could already lower Rusty. your star review for the book right. because you'll be like. This is fine, but let let's get to Rusty. Like I can't exactly. give you a five star because I'm unsat. And that's the other thing we've seen happening lately is the whole idea of like people um, firing back at authors because of maybe something they've said on Twitter or you know a picture but- they posted, and they just zero star them across you know, Goodreads and Amazon. Well, we saw a year ago, someone was making fake accounts and targeting Ugh. like authors and books weren't even written yet. Like arcs were not out no. in the world. Early readers were not happening yet. And there was one star books, like books didn't have cover reveals yet. And there's one star ratings on these books. It was like that yeah. blank, like nope. fill yeah. in cover on but stuff. But then we see a situation 
And it's, again, I don't know who has to take the lead on this. I don't know if it's us as the bloggers and the podcasters that have to take the lead. If it's the publishers, I mean, it's probably not going to be the authors and the publishers. Um, but like there was that author that over on Twitter that went after that book mm -hmm. reviewer. Yeah. She like found her real name, stalked yeah. her screamed at her carried on about what a terrible because she gave her what a three star yeah yeah and i i remember i know exactly which one you're talking about but even even now when we're like singling out a specific encounter i can still think of like at least five more that it's yeah. that something similar has yeah, happened. maybe not that and, extreme but because right, that was right that was bad and so basically like, I just, I don't know, like it's, it's hard. Cause you know, I'm such a hypocrite when it comes to this, because when I'm reading books and just giving them the, the star rating, because it pops up and it's easy. I'm also telling people like, don't read for the stars, read the actual review, read the right. comments, like, and that's that's what I want to, I don't know. I want there to be a new system. I don't like the five-star review either. Um, I, I do like that people are creating their own systems, but I feel like we're seeing it specifically with heat in romance. Like that's like the one yeah. that everybody's coming up with their own scale. But again, you have to read the scale to understand what right. someone's heat rating is. Well, so and that was something like Becky did a blog post recently because we about this le steam level in books because mm -hmm. our steam level that we like to read could be vastly well, different to somebody oh, else's. Sure. But it was born out of authors saying, oh, They're I write really steamy romance. Yeah. But, but and we, it fades to black. Yeah. That's mm. not steamy. If you cannot say the word vagina or the word or penis. penis in your book, you do not write steamy romance, so shut your mouth. Well, and I feel like pussy should be the, in there at least once yeah. or twice. But not like lady there's envelope. There's buzzwords. Do you know that that's envelope. like that's like one of the things that I do when I open up a romance book is I immediately do a search. Look up. I do the search of words. Like I will look up pussy, cock, dick, clit, orgasm. Um, these are like my main ones, and then I will see like what percentage of the story it comes in at. Um, and if it's less how, than like a certain amount, do you know? Well, and let it? me. No, well, usually it's because it's for the podcast. So it's more of like, I've selected this book. I'm already planning to read this, but I will say that was one thing I did with the book that I had selected for Becky and I to read for boobies and newbies. And none of my keywords came up and I was like, Ooh, okay. So now we know <laughs> this is going to be what, um, you know, for lack of a better word is a clean romance yes. because I don't like that term either. Um, yeah, I don't either. I call those grocery store romances. Those are the romances <laughs> that your grandma and your mom can pick up and no one's going to be offended by that. It is like, it is the grocery store romance. No one's naked yeah. on the cover. I mean, you know, I think of some of the covers, some of the really sexy covers that are out there. I'm not picking those up at the Kroger. You know? Oh, I am. I don't think well, I've ever picked up a My box, Kroger like a does not have like naked men on the cover. <laughs> they do not. I don't have a Kroger, so. Okay. Yeah. Well. I got Safeway. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the same as Ralph's that you guys have yeah. out west. Yeah. Ralph and Kroger's are the same. Um, yes. 
keep it but, in the family. <laughs> but I think with, I think the closest that we get for good reviewing, like in the star system would be BookBub, because if you hit, if you hit three stars, it asks you, do you recommend this book? Mm. And if you hit four or five stars, it automatically clicks it over that you but recommend I, this I like book. how BookBub also does like the buzzwords though. Like you can click like which words are attract, like why, like the, you, you guys know what I mean, but yeah. I can't yeah. put it into words. Well, the tags. BookBub isn't tags, something, yes. I'm not as active on BookBub. So, I mean, I've kind of just stuck with like what's been easiest and accessible and it's been Goodreads and Amazon. It's really Goodreads because it connects to like both of them. And mm-hmm. it's, I mean, and I think, I know that sounds lazy, but I think that's also how a lot of people read and write reviews. um, You don't always find every author on BookBub also. Like BookBub is more, it is becoming bigger, but um, there are some authors that they're not either, they're not on BookBub or not all of their books are on BookBub. Mm, Yeah. They they do give me the amazing sale. So, well, yes. yes, I get their email. Um, but, uh, but, but we see the same thing with like social media and like where people are selling their books. You know, mm-hmm, some people yeah. are choosing not to publish through Amazon anymore, which makes it more difficult to find their books. However, I feel a little bit better about the fact that I'm not funneling money into Amazon. So I mean, it's, it's yeah. this whole catch 22 about like, it do you a- want the easy route yeah. to like, you know, it's very accessible. You can get your book, you can leave your review all in one place. Or do you maybe want to be like a little more thoughtful about like, where's my money going? And like, mm-hmm. where, what, what am I contributing to by like supporting certain sites versus other sites? It's hard with Amazon because no matter what country in the world you go to, they, yeah. the only country that they do not have 50% more of the book buying market is New Zealand and that's Apple. iBooks is number and one love New in New Zealand. Zealand. <laughs> um, and as much as I hate, you know, Amazon and some of the corporate crap that they do, mm-hmm. without Amazon, we would not have had this indie author renaissance. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't sure. have had it. So, For sure. I mean, I know. I mean, it's hard. It's a double-edged sword. It is. Yeah. And I know lots of authors hate Kindle Unlimited. I will tell you, I try new authors because I have Kindle Unlimited, but for seven years, I solely read library books. Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't have a budget to purchase books. Um, I had an e-reader in my phone and I didn't have a lot of um, extra cash to buy books. So I read exclusively to my library. But in that vein, though, Becky is very lucky because her Ohio library has like 60,000 electronic romance books. Oh, wow. Yeah, no. And and you know what? The whole electronic like library checkout at this point is really, I mean, I love that you can check out books from like the New York Public Library, regardless of whether or not you live in New York. So, I mean, it's like, I definitely think that that's a resource that like not enough people know Mm -hmm. about. Like during the pandemic, I checked out a lot of digital copies of books from the library. So I highly recommend that to people for sure. Well, and I also leave ratings on my library app. People don't realize Mm. this, but if you rate a book high in your library, 
it will actually encourage them to buy more copies so that your yeah. wait lists aren't so long. It will also encourage them to buy physical copies. Mm-hmm. And same thing on Hoopla. If you if your library sponsors Hoopla, make sure you rate it's the five stars, which again, Becky hates five stars. Always. Um, but if you rate on Hoopla, it will inc- the, that data goes back to your home library and it says, okay, people in your library read these books and these are the ones they rated higher. So therefore they might buy more copies and people don't Good. realize that helps authors. Authors do and get money. If you don't see a book that you want to read at the library, request it. Like yes. I know that you can do that on sites or hell, go into your library and say, hey, I'm looking for this book. You don't have it. This is something I'd love to see in your library. Like if you're getting multiple requests for books like that, they're going to think, oh, well, these are more people that could read these books. So right. Yeah. And they want to put books in people's hands. So, okay. So let's mm-hmm. talk. Do you have like standards? So first question, do you, do you review and rate if you DNF a book? Will you put I... like one star DNF or do you just not say anything? I don't think I have ever posted one, a DNF review. I think I just don't finish Say it. anything. And I, yeah. And, and, it, and it's a policy that I keep on the podcast as well is just like, I, I want to recommend the reasons why you should read a book. And so just going on about bashing a book isn't productive to me. I, I do think that is if there is a book where I either really love it or I really can't stand it for specific reasons. That's what motivates me to actually write a review as opposed to just doing like a star review is I either really loved something about this and found it so rare that I have to tell people about it. Or there was something in this that I think could be detrimental to somebody's reading experience. And I need to make sure people have a warning about this. Um, But one star, two star DNF. I, I, I think I'm fairly generous when I do my reviews. I think I predominantly give three stars and above on any yeah. of the reviews that I'm posting because if it's below, I just, I just don't want to talk about it. I've only D I've only written one ever DNF review. And that was because the book was so problematic. It was an mm-hmm. age gap romance and I love an age gap romance, but I think that when it was initially written, the girl was like 18 and in high school and the dude was like 50 something. And okay. But I'm, I think that her agent said, or her, uh, her editor said to her, you really need to age her up out of high school. Like she needs to be 19 in college. Mm -hmm. And so in the book itself, there were lockers at this girl's college There was a principal (laughs) at this girl's college. She wore a uniform and it was in Vegas. Like it was all this stuff that didn't make sense. Mm. And I think that this person was writing the book for shock value. And I DNF'd it at 60%. And I was like, this is I mean, that's pretty far into DNF too. Yeah. Well, I was... I was trying to get benefit of the doubt because this was an author that I had seen people rave about. It had been nominated yeah. for our, um, it had been nominated for a vote for something on our website. And it was just one of those situations where like, I'm going to check this out. I got to see what is this about? Yeah. And I went 60% in and I'm like, this is shit. I'm not reading this. 
And I felt like I had to put out there what, why it was. Right. Um, I am notorious for leaving two star readings. I rarely leave a one star because at that point it's kind of what your mother says. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. <laughs> but at two stars, there's something in there that one, the book wasn't terrible. I finished it, but there are problems either mm-hmm. formatting or editing that really bothered the reading experience. Sure. So yeah, that's, that's fair. Well, and, and you know, everybody's stars are different. Um, I, I feel like my, right. my most common rate rating that I'll leave is a four star review. Like I, to me, my four star review is like, it's not that this was bad. It's not that, you know, it wasn't worthy of reading. I had a very pleasant read. I got exactly what I wanted out of this, but it didn't blow me away. It didn't defy my ex. It didn't go beyond my expectations. Like it was exactly what I wanted. It was exactly what I expected. And that's perfectly fine. Like I, I had a college professor who said like, I hardly ever give 100% to students because I just think it's so wild to say you did a perfect job. I wouldn't have any notes. So, you know, you would walk away with like 95% in the class, right. not because you were doing anything wrong, but just that it was, it was fine. It was fine. Like it, well, it wasn't. And I think that's my three. And, and so authors that get all upset about three stars, that's my three star. I, I read this. It was fine. Um, it wasn't extraordinary. Um, but it was readable. I liked the characters, but maybe there wasn't anything. The experience was neutral. There wasn't anything outstanding. It's not necessarily memorable. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I mixed up some authors, <laughs> some character names or whatever. Um, that's my three star. <laughs> uh, what about you, Leah? What's your three star? Like, well, I've actually in the past like three months, I've started like revamping the way I do my reviews. So like my five-star review is books that I will absolutely reread over and over and okay, over wait. again. We're going to get to that. We're going wait, three star I, first. I'm not done yet. <laughs> you guys start at the bottom. But I didn't want to start at the bottom. But I told I you mean, to start at the bottom. I didn't, I don't even do the bottom. So I mean, it's, it, we're, we're all over the Three. map. It's, it's, I <laughs> So my threes are Leah just likes to be a rebel. Mm. I mean, whatever. Rock on. You're welcome. (laughs) Anyway. So my three, I'd say three and four are my most like common because my three star is when I like the book, but there were issues with it, whether there were editing Mm -hmm. issues and there was like a decent amount of like, if there's a lot of mistakes in the book, but I really enjoyed the story. I will three star it because you mean like can, the guy got in the shower with all his clothes on. Well, yeah, but I but sometimes I look past that, and it was the girl that got in the shower with, with her. Right, clothes on. sorry, it was the girl. All the clothes, but on. so a three star for me. Like there can be a lot of like editing issues, but I really enjoyed the storyline, so I'll give it a three star. I rarely two star, but two stars for me. I have got given like three or four recently, just because there have been. I have started working in the industry in the past year. I am, I developmental edit for people Mm -hmm. and proofread, but I have noticed now that I do it, I pay attention to that stuff a lot closer. So when I am finding timeline mistakes that are obvious and clearly it's 
a final copy, then I mm-hmm. I can't handle that. Or if there is yeah. a, like glaring glaring issues in the story. Like I read a book recently and I was super excited about it because it's in a world that I adore. Mm-hmm. But the book, like the the whole premise of the book, I liked it, but the the ex boyfriend, like she kicked him out, but he had this relationship with other kids and he, but he wanted her back, but he had this girlfriend with kids and the way like the story went, like he has been out of the picture for like a couple years. And that's why he has like these multiple kids, but then he's only been out of the picture for a couple months. Oh, so it's messy. It was, right. And like I finished the book and I felt like if somebody actually just took an hour, I mean, that's crazy, but okay, a couple hours <laughs> and read the book and was like, this, this, and this mm-hmm. is confusing. Like it just needs cleared up. And then the, like the book would have been very well done and it would have been like a three or four star, but I two started because I felt like that is something that people need to know in like the world that it is in, like they need to know. I don't always like to email the company because I feel like they look at the they look at the ratings like it needs yeah. to be out there. So. Well, and so it's it's interesting because both of you brought up um, like like a lack of editing or errors or something like that. And yeah, to me, I never talk about that in reviews because for me, I almost credit that more as an issue for the editor or publisher than I do the writer. And so it's not something that um, I, I've had guests bring it up on the show, like, oh, I noticed like a repetition of this word or, you know, the, there was some syntax errors and everything. I never notice it. I never think about it. I never write about it um, because I just know that as a writer myself, we're infallible. You know, I mean, there's yeah. always going to be errors like that. I, the one thing though, that does drive me nuts that I will mention is continuity. Like, and that's Mm -hmm. something I think because of my work in film, I can't not notice. Like if they're talking about it being, you know, November and then the next sentence they're wearing uh, t-shirts and shorts and and they're in Vermont. I'm just like, ah, no, sir. So for me, so three star, I am dinging the author and because I know what's in, I know what goes into it. And at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, unless you're with a publisher, if this is an ND author, you're the one who has put their final seal on everything and said, this is my work. My name is on it. I have to hit publish. So at that point, you are endorsing it as your work. So you can't blame that on your formatter. You can't blame it on your developmental editor because if- If you have one. If you have one, that's something else we've seen. it's your responsibility too to make those choices of getting the editor and the beta readers and the sensitivity readers. So I, I totally understand that perspective as well of like, well, this is also on you to like make this happen. And it doesn't make or break a book, but it might have made it hard to read. And I had an an author I love. She wrote a book in first person point of view and it was altering points of view. 
the main Mm -hmm. two characters. And then there was a random chapter that was this third character's point of view. Yep. I can't stand it. It's not for me. Don't like it at all. (laughs) I ended up dinging it. I liked the book. I liked the main characters, but that shit need cut out. I, he, that person didn't add any value to the story. Didn't Mm -hmm. add any value to the relationship. It gave some background, but it didn't really put pieces together. They could have done Mm -hmm. that in another way. (laughs) And I'm going to ding that on a rating. And so this might've been a five-star read, but you pulled shit like that. And now it's a four-star. I I have to ding you down. Because again, (laughs) see, that doesn't always bother me. I, that's a huge issue for me as well is the perspective shift because that's, I mean, that's just something that's so ingrained in me from like taking writing classes and I teach writing classes at this point. And it's just to go from like a first person point of view through the entire story only to switch to third person or, or to a different perspective that hasn't been present the entire time. That to me is like a huge no, no. It's the same in screenwriting. It's, I, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. ugh, I can't stand it. I just, uh, you know what it really gets me to is when they switch to the perspective of a dog. I'm just like, you yes. had to get this one chapter in here of Fido, huh? Like he had to yeah. be here. Mm-mm. And it didn't really, it didn't necessarily need it. <laughs> um, okay. So for me, a four-star rating is going to be a book that I really liked. It's memorable. Mm-hmm. I'm going to recommend it. Um, I'm probably going to talk about it, but I am not necessarily going to reread it. It's not one that I have to have on my shelf. It's not one that is um, going to be top of my list. So like, let's say it's a f- let's say that it's a secret baby romance and I only give it a four star. I love secret baby, but it's not a five star secret baby. So it might be third or fourth on my list of recs. If you ask me Mm -hmm. for secret baby romances. So that's where my four is. It's good. Um, maybe there was just some little, and I'm nitpicky, but I read so many books that I feel Mm -hmm. like I have to be nitpicky to remain like authentic to, you know, my aesthetic sure. and what I like. So that's where a four star is for me. It's, it's good. It's readable, but maybe there were a couple of things in it. Maybe we read a hockey romance, the hero, his grand gesture was not enough. I mean, it was a great story. His main character, she's a total badass, but his grand gesture to fix what he really screwed up oh, and was not enough. Big. And he <laughs> fucked up big. And he got, di- and the story got dinged for that because mm-hmm. Well, but but here we are months like, later still talking about it though. Like <laughs> But that's the thing, it has been months. So like it was a good book, but like he was and honestly, I think if the heroine was not as awesome as she was, mm-hmm. we would not have liked the book as much because he no. was a complete we I mean, we created a hashtag for him. That's how yeah. bad it was. Yeah. But he was like the ultra like Uber douche nugget. But Ugh. if it was not for the heroine, the book would not have been as good. Yeah, that probably wouldn't have even been a four star rate read for it me, like have. the way that you're describing oh. it. <laughs> well, well, but, but she's, she's awesome. She's, she's awesome. Amazing. And the flirting on the page is good. And there's plenty of steam in the book. He just really makes some bad choices. And you're just like, well, but the thing is, like, the people around him are like, you're an idiot. Like, yeah. in the mm. book, like, he's a dumbass. Well, yeah. so here's where, I mean, this is like why the five-star rating is like an issue for me is the fact that 
I don't want to have to sum up all the things about a book into five stars. Like, right. because I want, there are some books where I'm like, oh my God, this was the sexiest thing I've ever read, but the story hmm, or yeah. like, he was amazing. He was boyfriend goals, loved him. She was like a wallflower, didn't do anything. Like, I mean, and so it, it's hard for me to like average it out right. to like take all those pieces and put them there. So that's why I much prefer reading and writing reviews that break it down. I love reading about tell me about this main character. Tell me about this main character. Tell me a little bit about the plot. Tell me a little bit about the heat level. Like I want to tell me a little bit about the author's style of writing, because all of these things, I think when you're choosing a book to read, there's so many, I mean, there's so many great books to choose from that you just have to pick and choose your battles at the same time. I would never take a book. So I always think of book reviews and ratings as telling my friend whether or not they should read a book. That's how I look mm-hmm. at it now. And I'm really, I'm not going to hand my friend a book and be like, this was my five-star read. You should read it. No, you want to tell them like what was so great about this book. I want them to know the steam level, the angst, mm-hmm. how much angst is it? Is it situational angst or is it character angst? I want them to know that it is um, how steamy it is. And, yeah. and then at the end of the day, why did I like this book? Well, I'm a fan of Nora Ephron rom-coms. She is yes. the queen. Give me Sleepless in Seattle. If you like that, then you have to read this book. Um, you know, did you see Fifty Shades of Grey in the movie theater? You did? Okay, then you are going to want to try these Stacey Kennedy sex club books because there mm. are sexy. So when I think about it that way, five stars does not tell that story. No, it, it doesn't. doesn't tell us like it. And I, again, I feel like the five stars is really just like a gold star to the author or applauding because they walked into the yeah. room. <laughs> um, I just wish that it's true. I just wish that where we, where we buy our books, where we review our books, where we sell our books, that we had something better than five stars or percentage You know, like you said, the half marks, if we could have the half marks, I think that gives us a little bit more control of the narrative. I just don't want there to be a universal rating system. I mean, like, I'm sure some people do, like, they're just like, create a better system. Like, I just don't want there to be one system because I just don't see it working. Like I just, and, and this isn't even just about book reviews. This is like about everything in life. I'm like, it's impossible for everybody to love everything like we we give stars to restaurants we give stars to movies but we all have different tastes I mean it's it's never going to be quantified (laughs) and stars mean things different because like you can get a Michelin star but it's one Michelin star like you just have one (laughs) okay whatever but Um, it's it's like an Oscar yeah right (laughs) so a bookcase and coffee a buzzing about romance a booby and newbie star is like the ultimate star if we have sealed your book people look that's out what we're saying. <laughs> i don't know um i will say that like so for our so when i did the episode of boobies and newbies with kelly we rated it on heart heat and um humor 
humor. And I love, I love that. that alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> so, and for quick shots of romance, we review based on, did you like it? Who would typically like it? Because mm-hmm. if you're a reader of Debbie Macomer, you are not going to be wanting to read Stacey Kennedy. That's all mm-hmm. I'm saying. Like, but if you like Debbie Macomer and are looking for a little bit more romance, then you should read Avery, Avery Flynn because that's where they would hit. But so we always say, did you like it? Who would typically like this book? Like what genres mm-hmm. does this fall in? And then um, third, would you recommend this book? Because at yeah. the end of the day, I can create my own rating system and tell you it's a champagne read. Okay. What does that mean, Becky? We should start doing that. But is it one champagne or is it like a bottle of champagne? Is, is it, it, is it a great champagne or a champagne, champagne fountain? Like, I mean, the only thing mm. I would be worried about is if it was like a natty light. Like, if we gave it a oh, natty light, then I mean, we did do, we or did is it do, a Tito's vodka? <laughs> oh, I like that. We did, um, we did one episode and I don't even know why this happened, but. Um, my guests asked if they could rate like, um, middle of, you know, the numbers, like it's an 8.3 or whatever. And I said something like, yeah, I, I give it like a flaccid nine. Um, and, and so, so, I mean, it, but then it, the discussion became like, well, is a flaccid nine better or worse than an erect eight? Like, I don't know. And so that's a good question. Every they're so different. Like, and I personally love seeing, what everybody's like different rating systems are. But again, it's like, you have to, I think, get to know the blogger, get to know what their system is, get to know a a little bit about them and what they gravitate more towards. Because if you're also asking them to read something that's so outside of what they typically read, you're you're already kind of going in with this bias of like, well, I'm probably not going to like this. I'm probably not going to five-star this because I don't read this, you know? Hmm. Well, and that's just it. Like if you listened to our podcast, we want the sex. We want the sexy books. So, you know, to to send us a book that's a Hallmark read, Hmm. it's probably not going to rate very high for us. That's not necessarily our audience. Our audience likes porn without plot. This is who we are. Um, (laughs) And I like porn with plot. Like I need to also have some plot because if they're just like banging around the clock i'm gonna get bored well there's mm, something special though just need that. about all the banging <laughs> it's all um i mean you know it is so so at the end of the day i guess what it comes down to is for ratings for all of us we just it matters if we recommend the book and get to yeah. know your reviewer well, and why we recommend it too right like, why yeah. why are like what is the reasoning behind it Okay, yeah. so before we say our goodbyes, we have started this thing. I went looking You did not for, put the conversation card in the I didn't. Thing. It's a surprise. <gasps> but it's not a bad surprise. Look at Leah. Um, is it a not suitable for work one? It is not. Although I should have picked a not suitable. I can pick a different one if you'd like me to pick the not suitable for work well, I one. I think she's from Boobies and Newbies. I think Do you want me to use the work. one from Book Club last week? No, this that is, one was no. just, I mean, yeah, we okay, can do that one as a bonus. She's so, Let's she's do that so one nervous. as a bonus. Okay, so here's the deal. Okay. Um, I went to a bunch of podcast conferences over virtually. I didn't go anywhere because, you know, pandemic mm-hmm. and all that. One of the things that kept coming up 
in these conferences is that um, to, if you were having problems connecting with your guests or coming up with unique and fun questions to buy these conversation cards. Well, I went mm. looking on Amazon for conversation cards that were geared more towards book clubs or girls nights out or something okay. like that. And I couldn't and find, find any good ones. I oh. couldn't find any. So I am creating my own buzzing about romance conversation book club cards. <gasps> Come and sell them. We, you should sell them. We're going to. We are going Good. to, sister. You didn't tell me that part. Well, I got to figure out how we're going to do it. But yes, eventually we are doing this. So right. we have all of these different questions that come up at different times. So um, we have some that are not suitable for work. So we have to uh, come up we with have one. To be okay. cheesy on those ones. Right. I'm an explicit <laughs> podcast. It's perfectly right. okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, okay random question i believe this is number what is this 11 so do you often get turned on do you get the vagina flutters while reading a book hashtag no 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 vagina like flutters? straight up no it's it's no? it's mm, that's not why i read romance i don't and i and i credit anybody who does and I'm not that's not to say I've never not gotten turned on by a book because I definitely have um but usually no and I think it's I think it's mostly because romance is work for me now like a lot mm -hmm. of the time like I'm not I'm not necessarily thinking about it to get turned on I'm reading it because I'm thinking about the critical, you know, yeah. review of this, but I, I'm thinking about like, how can I talk about this book? Is this a book for the podcast? Is this a book? There's I a lot more thinking behind it. Yeah. And so I think because I look at romance a lot more critically now than I did say before I started the podcast, it's, it's not something that I think about as much. Now there are, I will say there have been a few books in the last <laughs> year or so where every once in a while they take you by surprise and i'm just like whoo all right then like this is <laughs> not what i expected and i'll give my shout outs to fiona cole and nikki sloan for those oh nikki sloan credits. nikki uh, sloan has become the barometer for heat ratings for me like they all measure up against Nikki Sloan. So our heat rating queen is Katie mm -hmm. Roberts. She's also at the top. <laughs> like I read, so I'm a member of her Patreon. It is amazing. And I read your dad will do like when mm. it was early, like pre-release, 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 she dropped it. And I read that book and it's been over a year because it came and out at the end of June. <laughs> And I cannot shut up about it. And people are like, okay. got it, Becky. We'll read yep. it. It was so sexy. It's really good. So okay. steamy. I haven't read that one. And I, I have read a bunch of Katie Roberts. So I, it's yeah. good. I'll go it's, read that one. You know, it's not like her wicked villains where there's sword crossing mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. It is oh, an yeah. age gapped revenge sex. Um, her fiance is her ex fiance and he cheated on her. And she decides to seek revenge and sleep with his dad. Okay, this this isn't This one isn't appealing to me as much. Like the more that That's you okay. describe it, like I, 
I am here for the sword crossing. Let me tell you. Okay, that is like then try top of the list. Gifting me. Oh, to his best friend. Have you read that yes. one? Oh yes, I did. Absolutely. <laughs> the wicked came out, and yes. Um, and I will say the one from Fiona Cole that really took me into her backlog after I read this was Blame It on the Champagne, and she has a. I think the new book in the series is either Blame Elder. It on the Tequila. Yeah, it's either out or it's coming out. Like I think shortly. it just came out. Okay, perfect. Um, and let me tell you, uh, can I swear on this podcast? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is the only time I have ever read and enjoyed a face fucking scene. Like oh. it's, uh, I was like, this that is good, like huh? this is the book that made face fucking sexy. Like because I'm just like I it's always seemed like too aggressive to me in books. Like, and and you know what? Sometimes that's good. Sometimes you want that. You're in the mood for that. But Mm -hmm. this was like tender. (laughs) (laughs) I I know it doesn't make sense, but I promise you, if you read it, you're like, Oh, now I know what Kelly was talking about. Well, she's on, I haven't read Fiona Cole, but she's on my TBR because everybody keeps telling me to read the tequila one so she's on my she's got she's got some hotter stuff too like she has a great book called voyeur that's i have um, that one but i haven't read it yet really interesting really interesting characters in that one like i she's one that i really enjoy because she's playing with a lot of things that like i'm not reading typically yeah so i'm like ooh, this is new and exciting like i love learning to me the sexiest thing is learning learning and education so whether it's in a book or at a school or, you know, you're taking a class on the internet, whatever, like anytime I can learn something new. Oh, baby. No, that's fair. I mean, that's completely fair. <laughs> Not everybody gets that way. It has to be a super sexy book. Someone will say, Oh, this book was so sexy. And I'll read it. I'll be like, mm. okay. <laughs> and again, that's why I had to write the steam rating post right. that I had to write because I mean, listen, if there's not, like you said, a, mm-hmm. some really good, strong sword crossing or face fucking mm-hmm. or whatever, then it's not. Sexy. It's fine. You know, it's, it's fine. Sexy. It doesn't have to have it in it, but I, I like. We just like it. I like it yeah. a lot. Um, how about how about you two? I mean, do you what what was the original question? Do you do you get turned on while? Yeah. Reading? Well, have you gotten oh, yeah. turned on by your book by a book okay. with the vagina flutters and absolutely like um yeah. my husband will ask he'll be like so how sexy is your book <laughs> and i'll be like eh, it's not i'm like oh <laughs> sad and i i have to tell you too like i i mean i'm a single woman and i've been really blown away by like the response of when i tell my male suitors um that i do this because a lot of i'd say a good 90 percent of the time it's like a positive response. Sometimes I get the whole like, oh, that's so hot. Like, you know, it, which is still positive. Um, but I will say a lot of guys will actually ask me for book recommendations or like I'll tell them about what I'm reading or like what it's about and they'll be really into it. So if people aren't sharing their books with their partners, I think yeah. that's something you should change. Yeah. Well, we... um we are hoping to get some t-shirts out here soon and we have one that says that our um 
our trophy husbands know about our book boyfriends because (laughs) I mean, my husband wants to know what I'm reading. He wants to know about the sexy parts and the story. And you know, well, why do you think that guy is a book boyfriend? He'll ask and he's engaged (laughs) and, and it's mine doesn't ask. He just wants to know if it's one of those books that are going to help his his campaign. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I like to, I don't talk about it with my partner as much as we did when we were younger, but we've been married 22 years together for 23. I have an 18 year old and a 16 year old at this point, like sex in your middle age is way different than sex was when you were <laughs> 20 and 30. Well, and it's, it's different from when you're married for a couple of years and when you've been married for a while. It's different for everybody. It doesn't matter how long it's been. <laughs> Forever. Um, okay. So we'll just, we'll tell you our book club question from last month from June. Um, That's our drunk book club question. If that's... <laughs> Which way do you lean when you eat a taco? What? Which, Which way, way do you lean, lean when you eat if a taco? you're eating a taco, do you and lean? The funny thing is there's like left, seven or eight right. people on the screen and everybody lifts their hands and tilts. Like they're going to eat I a taco. I feel like I don't lean. I feel like I just put it in my mouth. But okay. So that. I don't know if you. That's weird, to be no, honest. No, Danica, now Danica didn't about lean it. either. No Danica, no, Danica said she leaned, but it did not affect the next part of the question. Oh, I think... So, Okay. So do you know which way you lean? No, do you know which way you lean? I feel like if I'm holding it with my right hand, I probably tilt my head to the left a little bit. It it depends on which hand you're using for the taco, which way you lean. Because you have to lean away from the toppings. Or you just dive on in. Right. Swim in that (laughs) taco. Here's part two to this card. (laughs) Um, Is it the same way you lean when you give a blowjob? Again. You dive on in. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm just so. I'm so curious about all this leaning when, like, right? when I have something in front of my mouth, I open my mouth and I put it you in. Just dive in. <laughs> That's fair. That is a hundred percent acceptable. I'm there are no wrong girl. answers. <laughs> She's a girl that just needs fed. Um, anyway, <laughs> Kelly. Thank you for joining us on Buzzing yes, About Romance. Thank you. Get, you. Everybody can thank find you. Boobies and Newbies wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you follow Kelly on social media. We'll put her links in our on-the-shelf show notes. But thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. I'm going to be thinking about those tacos for a while now. <laughs> You're welcome. You're so well, welcome. Well, and every time you eat a taco from now on, you'll think that. Never forget. He'll <laughs> never or be the same. Job. I'll think of you ladies. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thanks everyone. Well, a huge shout out to Kelly from the Boobies and Newbies podcast for joining us and talking all about uh, five-star ratings of our books, you know, and what we hate about about them. What we hate about them. Um, Okay. So real quick, a little bit of business um, about where you listen to your podcasts. Um, you might have noticed, um, if you're using Apple podcast, you're experiencing a delay in getting your podcast. We're still releasing episodes on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, but late, um, but the late latest update, blah, blah, blah words, right? (laughs) 
The latest update to Apple Podcast um, has it sometimes taking several days for episodes to show up into your feed. Um, we kind of suggest that you check out a couple of other podcast apps. Um, we love um, Pocket Cast, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Amazon Music, to name a few. By using those podcasts, you get the episodes as soon as we drop them. So... Um, you can also always find episodes on our website. I don't know. You can find everything you need on our website. Right. Buzzingaboutromance.com. We got you covered. So the summer reading challenge, which has been like a big ball of fun, like honestly, like it's so fun to see everybody's bingos and what everybody's reading and like how crazy and chaotic people have gotten for this yeah. summer bingo challenge. Yeah. Like we thought we were like over the top with our nine bingo cards, but people have taken it and run with it and they are very excited about it. They are really embracing it. Um, it is not too late to join us. I mean, yeah, we're just about halfway through. Um, we still have tons of awesome giveaways up for grabs and still have the grand prize giveaway in September. And then we also have the Brenda Trim giveaways um, for July and August because those yeah. are special ones that she set up with us. And they're like adorable, like bubble tea earrings and a, a nice engraved tumbler, which I'm super jealous of. I really want one of those tumblers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's really, there are some great giveaways still going. We still have some big authors with signed paperbacks still coming up. We, you have not even seen the best yet. No, the best is yet to come. Um, so Leah, what are you reading this weekend? Um, this weekend, I am actually giving Dale Mayer a try. She is a suspense author. And I have, she has a huge backlist, but she had a bunch of free books recently when that like big craze of free books was out. And so I downloaded a bunch of series starters and I'm giving her a first time read. Awesome. Awesome. What are you reading this weekend? Um, well, I'm actually doing some prep for podcast stuff. Um, I'm reading The Christmas Blanket by Candy Steiner. Um, oh, I like that one. Yes. Well, that was your pick for me. It um, was. Oh, I have to read my Christmas book, too. Oops. So, and I also need to read Drunk Book Club book because Drunk Book Club is on Saturday, July 17th, and I haven't read that one yet. And it's One Crazy Week by Claire Kingsley. Mm -hmm. um, but then I'm also trying to fight the urge of going down the Jay Salmon rabbit hole. Um, you did not fight the urge very well. Well, wait, Just there's a new see. series. Like, I finished one series, but now there's like a whole other series I need to read. Her Edge of Glory series. Oh, that, and she has a new one in that series coming out. Isn't that right. the one that has the new book? Yes. Yes, it does. So <laughs> anyway, her books. Oh, my gosh. We're going to. That's a whole nother episode. Um, okay. So let's talk notable upcoming releases. Give them okay. to us, Leah. Give them to you. So July 12th, My Unexpected Family by Harlow James. Um, that is the third and I'm pretty sure final book in her billionaires billionaire series that she Yeah, the California has. Billionaires. Yeah. Yes. Then The Spark by Vi Keeland also comes out July 12th. Exposed by Kristen Callahan is July 13th. That's Pause. book four in the VI, her VIP rock star romance. Is it? I haven't. 
she has a, a backlist rabbit hole that I am not prepared for that yet. So no, I but she's thought. very accessible through the library. So because she's not okay. in KU, but she's very accessible through the library. Okay, that's good to know. Some of her um, books are in KU though, not just not all of them. Okay, so Pause by Kylie Scott is July thirteenth. Dirty Toe Drag, which I just love that title, by Tony Elio is July 13th. Trusting Molly by Susan Stoker, July 13th. It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey, July 13th. I mean, that's a big, big release day. It's While huge. We Were Dating by Jasmine Gilroy, July 13th. Calling Cassie Alaska Blizzard Book Nine by Kat Mazira, July 13th. Infamous Love by Leah Cole, July 13th. Is it Leah or Lee? I don't know. Leah. Say? Leah. I think she's Leah. She's Leah without the H. The Brazen Calamity Montana, book three by Will and Ash, <laughs> July 15th. All Fired Up, Hometown Heat, book one by Lily Valenti, July 16th. I'm excited for that. Like a few of these actually. Trusty yeah. Molly, I read an arc of it and it was very good, but I love Susan Stoker, so like that's the thing. But I'm excited for The Brazen and that Lily Valenti book sounds really good too. Well, and Tessa Bailey's It Happened One Summer, it's trade published, um, but the reviews are saying it's really sexy. So I, ha- I have that one, but I haven't, I have not read it yet. Like I have the arc for it, um, yeah. but I keep pushing it back because it, it's not out yet. So I, I have some time. Um, you have it looks like till Tuesday, friend. Till Tuesday. Um, okay. So real quick, before we get to what's next, we wanted to let you know that we do have merchandise. You do. can <laughs> find a link to it on our website. Um, but it's the I Love H-E-A store in Etsy. So Yes. And if you could see us right now, Becky is wearing her shirt. And it is honestly like we both got shirts and it is one of the softest, most comfortable t-shirts I've ever put onto my body. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's linked on our website. Make sure you check out our merchandise uh, so you can have all the fun wearing hashtag co-player t-shirts. That's right. Because we are the best co-players. We're the best (laughs) co-players. Okay. So next up, we are actually chatting with author Candy Steiner all about her social media success. Candy recently had a teaser video about her book, Wrong Game, go viral on TikTok. It uh, boosted the book sales to drive the book to the bestsellers list in the Amazon store. And this is a book that's like three or four years old. Mm, I I mean, at least two. 2019, maybe 2018. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, um, so we're going to sit down and talk to her about... That, like, craziness that came along with it. Well, and managing social media, it's so hard. I mean, you can't be everywhere and have a strong presence, but she does a really good job between TikTok and her Instagram with mm-hmm. her social media presence. So I'm interested to see what she has to say. And maybe she has some tips or tricks for us because sometimes I'm not so great on the social media. Sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> I just take days off because I have just take days off right it's such a frustrating anyway thank you for joining us for this episode of buzzing about romance until next time everyone happy reading everybody find us on instagram at buzzing about romance or on twitter at buzzing romance if you like the podcast please leave a review if you'd like to support us directly join the bookcase and coffee patreon and receive exclusive content only available to patreon members check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes